From a studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. Now, here's your host and bud tender, Gary Johnston. And welcome back once more to the Cannabis Podcast. So glad you came back. If this is your first time, well, welcome. We've got a bunch of information for you on cannabis this week. What a surprise. This episode, we're going to actually visit a couple of new cannabis retail stores in the Okanagan. Finally, after our long, long wait, this last week, two stores opened up and I paid a visit to each of them. You might have heard the mighty getting me ready for those visits. We're also uh, taking listener suggestions and sparking up Keats by Broken Coast on Cultivar Corner this episode. And then we're going to explore that story on dab nails that I teased about last week. And we're going to check on some new developments in Camlips. Now, Camlips, of course, where the first BC cannabis store was located. And in fact, that's where the second BC cannabis store is going as well. But they have been getting a, a little antsy up there because raids started occurring on the non-licensed dispensaries. At least one of them got hit. We'll touch on a bit of those details because that looks like that's going to increase in the next little while. And finally, a bit of an opinion piece from myself on whether customers are facing a new burden involves going to one of the openings of these stores that just opened, <laughs> and we had to wait while the media was served. Seems like their priorities are a little wacky. That and more is coming your way on episode 25 of the Cannabis Podcast. Well, it finally happened. This last week, here in the Okanagan, we actually had some cannabis stores, retail cannabis stores open. Surprising as it may have been, <laughs> but it did actually happen. The first one was one in the city of Kelowna, and it was a bit of a surprise entry. It was one of the six or seven stores that had been approved by the city some months ago, and everybody had been waiting for the provincial government to finally release the licenses for all of these stores. And they finally did release one, and that was for Hobo Cannabis Stores. Hobo was the first store to open here in Kelowna, and Hobo is a bit of a chain. They have a couple of stores in Vancouver right now, one on Main Street, one at the airport way out on Granville Street, and one in Centertown, Ottawa. And now their fourth store is right here in Kelowna. It's on Springfield Avenue, right across from one of the local malls, Orchard Park Mall. Good location. She'll get a lot of walk-through traffic. And I wasn't sure how many people were going to be there when this opening did occur. And of course, there was lots of media there. All of the local media was there, interviewed by a couple of those. And in fact, I will put an, a, a link to one of the stories on that. And I'll put that back at CannabisPodcast.com. And at the very end of that story, you get to see me walking in to Hobo Cannabis. And I can't tell you how many people came up to me afterwards and said, I saw you. I saw you on the news heading into Hobo. But it was an interesting experience. It was a, a very pleasant store good environment. They have very upscale. So there's a lot of plants. There's a lot of, a lot of wood. It's wood shelving pretty well throughout the entire store. I thought the layout was good. Initially, they kind of held us back and I'll chat a bit about more of that at the end of the podcast. You'll understand the reasons that they did hold us back. But once we got into the store, showed our ID and they seem to be following the standard for what's happening with a lot of cannabis stores now. You'll find two or three tables set out that have a number of bud bars around them. And in the case of Hobo, they had three display areas. One was for Indicus, 
one was for sativas. And then the third, not necessarily strictly for hybrids, but the third was actually more of a CBD mix. And I was pretty impressed with that. They had a number of different CBD mixtures, ranging from a high CBD, I think about uh, 17% is the highest one I saw, with THC fairly low. And then there were some others at CBD at about 9%, like the one that we'll be trying next week, which is San Rafael's Great White Shark. And that has a CBD of 13.25% and THC of 6.89%. So I was impressed by that. At each of the locations, uh, the bud locations, for example, they talk about, uh, give you a bit of a description about what the weed is. Now, as I'm also noticing, a lot of these cannabis stores are coming up with their own terminology, trying to get away from the sativa, indica, and terpene profiles that many of us have been talking about. So here's what they have done at Hobo. They call it MOVE. They have basically broken it up into, what, five? One, two, three, four, five. Yeah. See, I, I've already sampled Cultivar Corner, so that's why I'm a little slow this morning. <laughs> they have five distinguished identities for cannabis, and they have referred to them uh, by each by a single word. So move is the first one. These, in their words, are sativa varietals with plenty of THC and less CBD for a hit of energy that'll make you want to move. Okay, that kind of makes sense. The next one was lift. Sativa learning varietal, or sativa, <laughs> they're not learning. They're not sending any other cannabis to school, trust me. Lift sativa leaning varietals with more THC than CBD for an energized lift to create or social affairs. Don't see terribly much difference with that, perhaps. Then maybe there's some more pining in that one than there is in the previous one. Balance. Well, this is the bud bar that I was referring to. So the hybrid varietals with an evenish ratio of THC and CBD for seeking balance and harmony. And I think that is going to have a big impact for a lot of people. I think there are a lot of people that can benefit from CBD in addition to the THC. The fourth one, calm, mostly or all CBD with little to no THC to help reach a subtly relaxing or restorative place. And then the final one, which would involve the indica bud bars, rest. Indica varietals with plenty of THC and less CBD to gear down for some serious rest and relaxation. So that's how Hobo describes their five different options for cannabis somewhere within that store. And the way the rest of the store works is you go to each of these bud bars, you make your selection. They, of course, had lots of, I'm not sure I would call them uh, bud tenders. I'd probably call them selection assistants. Number of them out on the floor with iPads, looking up anything that you wanted them to look at, very similar to what I saw at the other store. And then here's where I thought that their store organization kind of fell apart. If you remember back in the day when we would go to banks and, and various stores and stuff, it used to be, you know, a bunch of different lines and you never knew. You always said that you were going to be on the slowest moving line. <laughs> and then we kind of came to this area where everybody was kind of using a central lineup system. And that made things better. Well, as soon as you get ready to make your purchase at Hobo, you go into one of these, okay, there's a line behind every cash register kind of thing. And that was not real clear and not terribly efficient because, of course, I picked the line <laughs> that was moving the slowest. And while I'm standing there, three other people advanced who came behind me, three other people advanced to make their selection. So there's an area where they definitely need some improvement. And then when you purchase it there, 
you give your order to the person actually working the till, they turn around, hand their order to somebody who's doing the stocking, and all the stock comes out from the back room. And that's how they take care of that. Give you a nice little bag with their hobo logo on it, and you pay your money, which of course includes sales tax, GST and PST, and out the door you go. So it was a fairly pleasant experience. What did I pick up? I picked up some Tangerine Dream by San Rafael, and I also picked up some Pink Kush, I believe. Now, that might have been a different purchase. But anyways, that was my experience at Hobo. And then, just a couple days later, there was another store that opened, and that one was out in Lake Country, about 30K from where I live. And out in Lake Country, the store that opened was Starbucks. And Starbucks, of course, had been very eager to get into the market. They had been hoping that they were going to get their license for a while. The Lake Country store had literally been in place and ready for a long time, sat there for at least a good six months. And finally, they received their license, very pleased that they finally got a chance to open up. I didn't go to the official opening of the Starbucks store. I was actually working. It didn't get there until later in the day. But nonetheless, here's what my experience there was. First of all, I found it odd. Their location is on a second floor. And the shopping center that they're located in, it's not obvious that there is a second floor to the shopping center, or as I discovered later, a second level to the parking lot. Because I saw where their sign was, I, there was only one sign for it, and that was right up in the top corner of a building. So I parked underneath that and then realized that I had to walk up this long set of stairs <laughs> to get to the second level. And quite frankly, it felt like I was walking up a back set of stairs to a drug dealer <laughs> to go up to get to this store. And then when you come around to the actual store, there is there literally was no signage. On the store itself, on the door, there was no signage whatsoever. And of course, all that, you know, covered glass so we can't see in. And then I just guessed this had to be it. And opened the door and lo and behold, there it was. Now, what I found with the Starbuds was I didn't find the store really laid out in a sensible way. You first come in and, and your entry is right there. And the cash registers are just kind of off to your right. There's a couple of display tables that are there. They're getting some initial information from you. And then you walk further into the building. It was like it was kind of like in this loose U-shape. And at the far end, at the back side of that U-shape, there was just one Bud Bar display. I think they had about 14 varieties on display. They said they had up to 49 varieties available. But in order to find those, you had to speak to one of their, again, I'll call them sales associates. And here again, Starbucks had a number of them walking around the store with iPads would ask you what you're looking for, and they would do a quick search to see if they could give you some strains that might meet that criteria, which I thought was a good idea. But I did not find it cohesive. I did not find it a, a connected store from one end to the other. That was my experience at Starbuds. Again, I wasn't really thrilled with the layout of the store. The product they have, of course, is from all the LPs. I was fairly pleased with my pinkush. Didn't have any big issues. It was packaged... Better, it was packaged in May of this year, and it was not as dry and, and, and brittle as some of the other stuff that we have had has been. So that was good from that perspective. Over the course of a week or 10 days, the Okanagan went from having absolutely no cannabis stores to now having two cannabis stores. <laughs> and more are on the way. There's a spirit leaf that is getting ready to open in Kelowna. I've seen the signage. That's pretty close to my house, so I'm looking forward to that one. And there's a number of others that are tacked on and waiting for the provincial government to release those different licenses. 
In fact, while we're here, let's take a brief peek and see if there are any new licenses that have been released in the interior. And in the interior, there's no new ones in Kelowna still, just the hobo. Lake Country has Starbuds. No, I'm not seeing any new ones. So now we're back into kind of a wait and hold. But there's our first exposure to two provincially licensed cannabis stores here in the Okanagan, Hobo and Starbuds. THC, CBD, terpene profiles, what's in me? Oh, please explain to me. Cultivar Corner, Cultivar Corner, oh yeah. Cultivar Corner, please explain this stuff to me. And here we are. Welcome back to Cultivar Corner. Looking forward to looking at a new strain this week, and we have had some direction given to us. You may remember at the end of the last episode, I put out there that if you had a strain of the three we were considering, that you would prefer we talk about, then let me know. And we heard from a couple of people. So we're going with those ideas. And one of those ideas was from Tracy. Tracy's from Southwestern Ontario. Sent me a note after last week's episode. And really enjoyed hearing from you. Always enjoy hearing from you. Any relation to the podcast. And Tracy wanted me to review Broken Coast. She was hoping that we would do Broken Coast Buds because she has signed up with them as her LP for her prescription. She's anxiously awaiting her first order. Hopefully that's arrived by now, Tracy. <laughs> and Tracy and her friends took a road trip to London, Ontario to visit two of their legal dispensaries, a two and a half hour drive each way, which puts a little bit of perspective on what we've been experiencing here in British Columbia. But let's get back to what we're here for now, which is Cultivar Corner and talking about Broken Coast Keats. Now, we've done Broken Coast product before, and I really like Broken Coast. If I was to say that I have a favorite LP right now, it would probably be Broken Coast. Their line on the labels is small batch, high grade, Broken Coast cannabis. Now, this is Keats we're talking about, which is a 60% indica and a 40% sativa. The THC on this particular strain, 19.3%. The CBD way, way down there at 0.03%. And then I got some information from Sarah Ballantyne at Spirit Leaf in Vernon, where I purchased this particular strain, and Keats, which is a cross of White Walker Kush. It's a well-balanced hybrid strain producing dense buds with lots of aromatic resin. The effects are generally uplifting and may be helpful for insomnia. The terpenes associated with it, caryophylline or caryophylline, depending on how you prefer to pronounce that, and myrcene. Of course, myrcene is one of the most predominant terpenes in cannabis, and interesting as well that myrcene actually lubricates the CB1 and CB2 receptors to receive all the other cannabinoids better. So myrcene, a very effective terpene. That's what we have with Keats. And as I look at these buds, I have to say they are much bigger than some of the stuff we've been getting lately. Really a nice big bud here, well-trimmed. Mm, beautiful looking bud. This was packaged on April 16th of 2019, so it's not too old. Not really, really dry. It's not crumbling in my fingers, which is always nice. And I think it's time we gave this one a taste to see what Broken, Coats, Broken Coast Keats does for us. And by way of explanation, I'm doing this really early on a uh, morning. <laughs> Decided to get the podcast out of the way and get on with some other stuff in my day, so I'm, I'm perhaps imbibing a little bit earlier in an indica than I normally would, but what the heck, here we go. This is Keats by Broken Coast. 
not much of a taste profile. It had a good aroma. Really pretty looking buds. Tastes nice. Hold it in for a better and deeper effect. Mm. There's just something about a well-manicured and a well-crafted cannabis that is just beautiful to look at. I'm holding up one of the buds here of Keats Broken Coast. Really, really impressed. Very nice. Love the taste. I'm not terribly worried about insomnia at this time of the day, but I am looking for a nice buzz so I can get the rest of the podcast done. And I can feel that buzz coming. The happy eyes are starting to tingle. Definitely more of a body relaxation, not so much of a headstone. I don't feel like my mind is starting to race or anything. The karyl finding in the myrcene, of course, the myrcene again lubricating those CB1 and CB2 receptors. So this cannabis is received my, by my endocannabinoid system a little bit better. Ah, yeah, feeling a nice little buzz off this. So that's about four hits so far. I definitely have the happy eyes. Oh, body feels really good right now. Mm, not a big heavy hitter. Like I'm not being thrown back onto the couch here. But I am getting some real nice relaxation. You might have picked up a little bit in, uh, in my voice where I kind of cruise down to another level there. <laughs> Quite enjoying this. Ah. Nice to have a cultivar corner go where it comes out on the positive side. So this again was purchased at Spirit Leaf in Vernon, purchased it a couple of weeks ago. It was packaged on April 16th of 2019. It's a 60% indica, 40% sativa, 19% THC. And I have to say, this has been one of my favorites of late. That's a recommendation for Keats by Broken Coast. From studio high above the clouds of the Okanagan Valley, this is the Cannabis Podcast. And then there was some news this last week that I heard about what's happening up in Kamloops. Of course, we have all experienced, almost everywhere across our country, there's still a number of dispensaries operating that are not provincially licensed, and Kamloops is no exception. But apparently this last week, based on a, some information I picked up on Twitter, looks like things are kind of changing up there. Illegal cannabis dispensaries in Kamloops being raided. This was a picture of one particular cannabis dispensary. They had a rather cool name, too. I find it a little ironic that the one they were raiding was called the Canadian Safe Cannabis Services. And they were raided in Kamloops yesterday or the day before. And unannounced, of course, that is one of the things of legislation that they do have the ability to the speculation on Twitter is, and this was a, a Twitter account from uh, at Paul Doroshenko, and Paul appears to be a lawyer, QC. Paul says, I think the idea is that if they don't act on unlicensed retailers within a year of legalization, it could create a semi-legitimate right to continue. He's suggesting to expect a bunch more of this in the coming weeks. We'll see. That could be a really interesting thing if the B.C. government starts to crack down on their competition. 
As Jody Emery tweets back, why are mass raids happening at peaceful, popular businesses? Well, in her answer, because the B.C. government has their own taxpayer-funded pot shops. It's a cartel-style move by their B.C. government to crack down on their competition, even though the competition shops and products are what consumers want. And I'll post a link again to this little interface on Twitter so you can check out the details for yourself. So who knows, that could start happening in more locations across our country as they start to work. Now, we saw that what they did in Toronto, where they put those concrete barriers in front of the dispensaries. <laughs> Bizarre stuff still going on. Still, of course, the stigma is very, very strong. Exploring the world of Canadian cannabis culture, one toke at a time. This is the Cannabis Podcast. Last week, I teased a little bit about a story that I came across in relation to nails. Now, if the term nail is unfamiliar to you, it's probably because you've never done much dabbing. And if you've never done much dabbing, this might not make a whole lot of sense to you. But here's what I want to talk about today. You'll find a link to this, of course, back at CannabisPodcast.com, where you can check out the information as I relate to it. And I do want to thank LeafBuyer.com for this information. That's where I'm picking up this detail. And you can get that, as I say, the article itself is back on CannabisPodcast.com. So, dabbing. Cannabis concentrates are taking over the industry and quickly becoming the go-to marijuana product for many consumers. Interestingly enough, because, of course, you can still not buy cannabis concentrates at any provincially retail licensed store. Hmm, wonder where people are getting all these details. That's another discussion for another day. <laughs> we won't do that. But what I wanted to talk about was the fact that if you are doing any dabbing, then you're probably going to need a dab kit. And again, if you are not familiar with what a dab kit is, take a look at the article that's attached and it'll kind of explain to you what we're talking about. But the real key part, if you're going to extract premium shatter, wax, rosin, or live resin, and use that in a smoking device, it's a dab rig. That's the primary tool for smoking that. So if you are going to look at concentrates, the type of dab nail you use affects the way the dab burns, tastes, and hits. Dab nails are essential pieces of a consumer's dabbing setup. So this article now offers some material ideas for dab nails. Quartz nails. A quartz dab nail is easily one of the highest quality nails available. A quartz nail comes from a thicker, more durable glass. It's ideal for taking large dabs at high temperatures. Now, it does tend to cool down rather quickly, but it still holds heat longer than a regular glass nail. Quartz dab nails provide a clean and flavorful smoke. Consumers can judge the temperature of a quartz nail much easier than others. In turn, it then allows consumers to get the hit they desire. Temperature accuracy is key to getting a quality dab with great flavor. And then glass nails. A glass nail is similar to quartz, but it's not quite as thick. Glass nails tend to break more often. However, they are not expensive. A typical glass nail does not take on heat nearly as well as other nails. It takes a little while to heat up, so you must use caution when heating because a glass nail can break, usually at the joint. Nevertheless, glass nails provide a stellar taste and hit, plus they're easy to keep clean. Then titanium nails. A titanium dab nails are popular among consumers for a variety of reasons. First off, a titanium nail is practically indestructible. It's made from actual titanium and does not break easily like glass does. Titanium nails take on and hold heat very well. However, these nails don't make it easy to judge the temperature. 
Overall, titanium nails are great for consumers who enjoy large dabs in a timely manner. But make sure the titanium nail is high quality and medical-grade titanium. There are a few titanium nails on the market that tend to affect the taste. Titanium nails do not provide the best flavor compared to other options. However, they're simple to use and easy to clean. And then ceramic nails. Ceramic nails are very common. It's said to provide consumers with the best tasting dab session, but many consumers say ceramic nails put off a burnt taste. The primary reason to use a ceramic nail is to hold heat longer. Ceramic nails are perfect for dabbing sessions where the rig is passing around the circle. Ceramic nails are not too difficult to clean, but they are fragile, so be careful when you're doing that. There's a whole bunch of different materials used. Now there's different styles of dab nails, like domed nails. Dome nails were popular among consumers when dabbing was first emerging in the cannabis industry. They're made from all of the above materials and tend to be cheaper than domeless nails. As described by its name, a domed nail has a cap that covers the dab nail once heated. The primary benefits of using a domed dab nail are its ability to hold in vapor and protect consumers. It also ensures that the entire dab is consumed and not wasted. And then there are domeless nails. Most chronic dabbers use a domeless nail for their setup. It's a quicker process without all the extra steps. These nails are made out of the usual materials and are a regular dab nail without the dome. Domeless nails are much more efficient for the consumer. They heat more quickly, allow for bigger dabs, and are easier to use. Granted, domeless nails are more expensive, but consumers get what they pay for in this industry. The most prevalent con to domeless nails is losing excess smoke in between breaths. However, carb caps are the solution to that problem. So there's a whole bunch more information on dab nails and dabbing. And if you haven't dabbed before, that may intrigue you. See if you can find some concentrate and get yourself a little dab break and give it a try yourself. Now, after experiencing what I did over this last week at specifically one opening of a cannabis store, I feel compelled <laughs> to talk about something that occurred during that opening. So as we were getting ready for the grand opening of the Hobo Cannabis Store, it had been published that the store was going to open at 10 a.m. on that day to the public, and that's when we would get our first view of it. When I arrived at the store, I wasn't there too early. I figured, well, there's not going to be a ton of people here. And I was right. I arrived at about quarter to 10, maybe 10 minutes to 10. At that time, there was maybe 15, 20 people. By the time 10 o'clock rolled around, there was maybe 30, 30 tops. But we weren't allowed into the store. There was a representative of Hobo who was standing in front of the store. And this young woman kept informing us that, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, we can't let you in now. Um, that, that We're not finished with the media yet. They're still doing interviews. Okay, we accepted that for like the first minute, first five minutes. Sure, you go over a little time. Maybe you didn't plan it. You didn't schedule it very well. <laughs> but no, no, no. This went on to 10 after 10. Still, they were doing the media interviews. Quarter after 10, they're still doing the media interviews. Now, at this point, we have 30 people, and may I point out 30 cannabis users, who are itching to get into their first retail cannabis store to take a look at the product. And they have been held back for 15 minutes now. They're starting to get angry. They're starting to be talk among us about, okay, who's more important here? Is it the media they're trying to impress, or should they be more impressed with pleasing the customers, letting us into the store? Forget the media. 
And the perspective that I bring to it is, seems to me that was just bad planning. If you're going to be opening a store, especially one that has been anticipated for as long as this one has, and you're going to say the opening of that store is at 10 a.m., then you better schedule your media interviews an hour before that so that by the time 10 a.m. runs around, you open those doors and you let people in. That's the way they should have done it. Hobo had a real opportunity to impress a whole lot of people by showing us that customers really matter, but at least for those 30 people who were gathered outside that door on that particular morning, it seemed to us like it was far more important that the media be taken care of rather than the customers. And then as a side note to that, speaking of media, in the case of both Hobo and Starbuds, I sent requests to both of those organizations for interviews on the Cannabis Podcast, and I can't say that either one even replied. I literally did not get a reply, and I sent one to the director of marketing at Starbucks and the manager of that particular store that I went to. No reply whatsoever, and same thing from Hobo. So, I guess I'm just not big enough and not enough people involved in the Cannabis Podcast to be considered true media. I don't know what it is. But I still thought they missed a great opportunity when they could have just allowed those doors to open at 10 a.m. and let us come in if they'd just done a bit better job of scheduling their media interviews. And that about wraps it up for episode number 25 of the Cannabis Podcast. we still got some more Keltovar Corners lined up. Next week, we may head down that path that we've been talking about and look at our CBD varietal. This is Great White Shark. It's a 13.25% CBD and I'm curious about the effects of that. That will be Cultivar Corner next week. Plus a whole lot of, who knows, maybe there will even be more stores that open up in the Okanagan over the next week. And that's it for episode 25 of the Cannabis Podcast. From the cannabis-infused studio, high above the Okanagan Valley, this was the Cannabis Podcast. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hi, my name is Kira Reed, and I'd like to invite you to be inspired by the women who are leading in the cannabis industry. Each week, we will discuss empowerment, leadership, and what it means to be a woman in charge in marijuana, hemp, and CBD. As the founder of the Women Empowered in Cannabis community, I have had the great pleasure to get to know many brilliant and talented women who are CEOs, executives, politicians, advocates, and community leaders that are focused on creating a cannabis economy that is just, fair, and equal. We'll learn how these women make decisions, how they navigate a predominantly male industry, and what they're doing to level the playing field for women. I hope you'll join us.